Welcome to the St. Fran Valley School's ELA cast. I'm Zach Chase. For this episode, I sat down with Secondary Lit Coordinator and Social Studies Coordinator Jenny Pettit to talk about how we might think about using primary sources to improve literacy. Sit back and enjoy. Hi. Hi. Who are you and what do you do? I'm Jenny Pettit and I am the Social Studies and Secondary Lit Coordinator for the district. Fantastic. I know a thing about you, Jenny. I know a thing that you like very much. What is that? Primary Zach? sources. I do love primary sources. Absolutely. So help me think through like what are some great ways to use primary sources to support reading and writing? So um, there's, when you talk about primary sources, you could talk about a lot of different media. So you could be looking at old photographs, you can look at newspaper articles, you can look at um, um, actual pieces of writing um, that are primary sources, you can look at video that are primary sources. So there's different kinds of primary sources that you could use, so, political cartoons. So what's like an under you, like what's as a as social studies coordinator, mm -hmm. what do you think, man, we're missing out if we don't use these primary sources? I think photographs are ones that are not used as much because we think that we need to have you know high text complexity and so let's put the declaration of independence in front of students instead of thinking about we some of the skills that you can work on um, say with declaration of independence you can also work on it by showing a photograph so you're looking at you can look have kids um, working on inferencing skills or citing textual evidence even though a photograph is not a text it is kind of a not um, non-traditional text mm -hmm. that they could use. So they could cite evidence from that photograph um, to explain their thinking or, or what they're gathering. So I was in a, a middle school social studies classroom a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. and uh, the teacher was ha had students having all these kind of things, right? And, and like there was a flip phone. Uh, there was a $2 bill. Oh, that's were, awesome. Like, and yeah. so it's kind of, we're looking as anthropologists. Mm -hmm. his, mm -hmm. and, and so I'm thinking about that with a, with a photograph too, kind of where, where would you structure those questions? Um, because I also don't think you want to say, you know, what year was this taken? Or maybe you do. No. Um, but how would you help kids get into that so it wasn't, oh yeah, our teacher showed us a picture and we had to do a thing today. Yeah, so you can kind of structure it. A really great resource, and it's on the unit plans, is um, a template to how to analyze different kinds of primary sources. Um, this is K through 12th grade, beyond 12th grade. Um, but you kind of start with, what do you notice? So tell, tell me this, those things, like what, you know, what is the date that you see on there, if you see a date, or the author, or because that, they need to know the basic stuff first to mm -hmm. kind of get an orientation for the primary source, and then you can delve deeper. deeper. So what do you notice? Um, what can you infer about it? And then you can end with what questions do you have? Mm -hmm. So um, there are some really great activities that you could do that are very um, quick activities. You could do it as a warm-up where they tell the rest of the story of a picture, for example. Um, and you have the kids write a story that is, is one month later after this picture was taken, um, finish the story. Or you could do it for... Um, write a headline that even takes less time where kids are given primary sources and they are working collaboratively and they come up with a headline that might show up in the newspaper um, or a caption for that primary source even if they don't even know what it's from um, it's getting them into the source um, into some basic understanding of it and then jumping to that inference piece do you know who Ernest Shackleton was no okay uh, explorer uh, and so there's in I'm, I'm trying to think about kind of what 
transcurricular pieces there might be here. So one of the recommended texts for sixth grade classrooms, mm -hmm. ELA classrooms, is a book called The Boss, and it's a, the story of Ernest Shackleton. And so thinking about what would it be before, like as a pre-read, mm. um, to just find some actual archival photos mm -hmm. from Shackleton's expeditions. Absolutely. And have students just go through, right? Not even tell them this is about the book we're about to read. Yeah, yeah. But just what do you get here? What do you get here? And right. Then, and I and I kind of based on those is kind of have them go through those procedures, mm -hmm. and then maybe as a teacher not say. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, no, that was yeah. interesting. Yeah. Right? Have the activity be enough and not be like, now we're going to read a book about the thing you about, just looked right, at. Right, right. Um, and then see, then as they're reading, see, okay, does anybody want to make more guesses about those pictures we really, you know, yeah, not that's even. that's good. And, yeah. and having the kids kind of draw those. I mean, I've got a bulletin board in my head as I'm talking about this. Mm -hmm. So you've got the photos and they're adding information. Oh, I love that. As yeah. they start, oh, wait, yeah. that's what those are. Yeah, and you don't have to limit it to photographs. You could have a variety of kinds of primary sources. So you could have a map of his exploration. You could have the photographs, and you could have a piece of his diary, um, that he an excerpt from his diary, things like that. I think that's great. Um, there's actually a lesson that we've included in the Uniplants um, about, um, and I can't remember what it is. It's a person in a box, or it's something in a box, and it's where... Um, students are given just that. So it's like a file folder and students are, are in a group given this file folder full of all these different primary sources and they're trying to figure out what the story is mm -hmm. behind it. So how are these all connected? Um, so if it's about Harriet Tubman, for example, it might have a little excerpt about, um, I, I don't know, but there's, but then they try to piece it together to right. see, oh, we're learning about Harriet Tub Tubman. Right. Yeah. So, and I'm thinking, I mean, because so often when we think we have to do inference, it's kind of all right, now make an inference versus, mm -hmm. I mean, that is inference. Right? Exactly. And that is what historians do. Absolutely. Right? That's, and so that when we're talking about something that is an authentic piece of learning, mm -hmm. that could be the piece. Um, and, and going through and doing that. The unit plants have a ton of these resources on it. What are other places? I've got the National Archives in my yeah, National Ar Archives is great. Um, there's also the Library of Congress. Mm -hmm. um, what I have done actually, because the Library of Congress is humongous, and you can kind of get lost in there if you go to that website. Um, so what I've done is tried to go through the Library of Congress and pull out lessons that are in there um, that relate to our um, that connect to our unit plans, and I've linked them in there too. So, and there's also some C three. Um, uh, work out there as well that I've linked into the unit plans that are all about primary sources. And then for, for elementary, we have K through five, um, we have primary sources sets that are linked in every single unit plan, um, K through five, that our teachers have put together um, where it's five to ten primary sources that um, connect to that um, unit, and then there are lessons to go along with it. And this, I mean, very frequently, it is the easiest for a social studies and an English teacher mm -hmm. to collaborate, right? I mean, oh yeah, because we're the kind of we're the humanities, and so words are our thing, uh, yeah, um, right. Yeah. So this is, sounds like a piece where if I'm an English teacher trying to think through a novel or some books of choice or those kinds of pieces, these would be lessons that we could do across classes or between classes. Oh, absolutely. Kind of say, oh, I'll tee it up with this structure, and then you examine the history piece of it, and then we'll come back and do the writing piece of it, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a, a way to collaborate as we're thinking about blending those two experiences for students. Because I think oftentimes it's kind of, we don't see reading and writing uh, and we don't see history as right. like, uh, how do historians write? How do historians read? Those sure. kinds of questions. Sure, yeah. And I, and I think you can stretch it even further that 
documents like these can be used in any classroom. Uh -huh. So, you know, you could have graphs. Um, there are some like Gapminder mm -hmm. on, online. I love some Gapminder. Great, yeah, great resources there that um, teachers could pull in for assigning. I mean, th this is teaching students how to read graphs and understand data um, in a very interesting, and some of those are very social um, subjects mm -hmm. too that they talk about. Well, and I think about uh, our schools that are having students do portfolios of work. Mm -hmm. um, what does it look like to use student work as, the, as a primary source? Oh yeah, um, right. Or um, if we're if I'm talking if I'm in a middle school that's really close to an elementary school, what would it look like if some first grade uh, written work got sent to a sixth grade or seventh or eighth grade class? Sure. And those those kids had to say, all right, what do you know about what this kid can do? That's still mm -hmm. looking at a primary source and Absolutely. doing that kind of inferring. Mm -hmm. um, and like, how would you build a portfolio? So similar to what you're talking about with historical figures, sure. Um, but saying, no, this is a real person. What do you know about this person? Yeah, or I can imagine mental maps having first graders draw mental maps of their community mm -hmm. or of their house. Yes. And then fifth graders or you know eighth graders are trying to discern um, wh where does this kid live yes. and and what is their community like. And, yeah. and then going back and, and and you could even start to do some journaling back and forth, mm -hmm, right? Asking mm -hmm. questions, asking of, questions, yeah. Uh, and setting it up, you know, you get one or two questions to ask your student, and then yeah. they and they write it down. Or you could do um, you could do audio files, right? Using mm -hmm. Google Drive, yeah. so they're recording their own voices for yeah. students who maybe are not as able to do uh, written expression mm -hmm. as, as they're going through. What's one of the coolest things you've seen uh, around primary sources? Like, oh man, I wish. I did. That was my idea. Hmm. Can you let me think on that one? Yeah, you can totally think on that one. Like you're gonna? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pause it. We're gonna keep <laughs> talking about something else. You'll have to come back to it. Oh, um, what is? What is the? What is a way in your mind? You. I'm gonna go the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. How do teachers kind of abuse the use of primary sources in the classroom? Uh, right, because yeah. you get excited every time you and I have ever talked about primary sources. Mm -hmm. There's just a giddiness and a and a glee. Um, what are some practices you think, man, if we, I could get all teachers to stay away from this? Um, handing it out, whatever it is, and telling the kid to analyze it mm -hmm. and to use that term. Okay, now, now it's your turn to analyze it and to not give them questions, to not give them, you know, you have to work up to that. Mm -hmm. um, also, giving them too much at once, you know. Um, well, here's, I'll answer the question by saying, given the Declaration of Independence, tell the high schooler they need to analyze this and answer these three questions is not a very effective strategy. First of all, you need to, to structure it so that everybody's accessing that text um, and understanding it. Um, but also, you know, looking at why and, and all, those, all those other big questions. Um, so to go back to one, one great way of using a primary source that is not my idea, um, that is involving the Declaration of Independence, if you look at the teacher's channel, um, there is one about the teaching about the Declaration of Independence. And these teachers, it was in this huge class, like 60 kids in the class, and they were, um, instead of handing it to the kids and saying, okay, analyze it, they actually um, started with this really wonderful hook of um, they started the class and they said, you guys, uh, we have to talk about something that I don't really want to talk about, but um, I, I found this um, note that somebody left yesterday in class and I'd like to read it to you all. And they opened up this note and they started reading this note and it was a breakup note. And the kids were looking around like, oh my gosh, who, who wrote that note and how embarrassing is this? And then they w w from that, they hooked them into 
the Declaration of Independence being a breakup note. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they did a great job of, of scaffolding it. And l- let's look at um, pieces of it rather than a whole big document mm-hmm. um, at one time. Well, and, and to, to your point about not giving it a document and saying, analyze this and answer these three questions, if we're talking about helping students to think about being sociologists, anthropologists, historians, generally speaking, those aren't folks who are like, I have to answer these three questions right, about, right. right? It's kind of, oh, I'm looking at this. What do I notice? What do I wonder? What can I figure out? Right. How does this fit with other things that I've seen? Yes. Right. So it's it's how authentic ways of thinking Absolutely. and habits of mind that then open up opportunities and, and pathways for our students as they're, as they're going through. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you. Where, if people want to get a hold of you and have more questions, where might they find you? Um, well, I'm out at schools a lot, but email is the best way to contact me. Okay, and that's and Pettit. Pettit underscore Janine, J-E-N-N-I-N-E at svbsd.org. All right. Um, But I also love coming out to school, so hopefully I'll see people around there. Perfect. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, huge thank you to Jenny Pettit for taking the time to sit down. As always, if you would like to learn more about ELA and St. Francis Valley Schools, you can find us at svbsdla on Twitter or on our blog at blogs.svbsd.org dot org slash language arts. See ya.